Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we are so blessed and delighted to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We've got some exciting things to learn from the Word of God today. So if you can, and you're where you're able, I want you to get your Bible. If you can, get something to make notes with, and just open up your heart today to maybe hear something you've never heard or see something you've never seen, because the Scripture is alive. And even if we take time and we look at scriptures, maybe you've seen them hundreds or even thousands of times before. There are things you've heard before. There's more in here that the Spirit of God wants to say to you because this book is not just words on a page. It's living. The Word of God is alive. It's sharp. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Word of God can do things in your life that only the Word of God can do. So that's what I'm believing Him to do in your life and in mine today as we get into His Word. Let's pray together and we'll begin our study. Father, we worship You and we give You all the thanks and praise for the good things that You are and the good things that You've done in our lives. Jesus, we call You the author and the finisher of our faith. And we know that the good work you've begun in us, you are faithful to finish it. We come before your word today with eyes wide open, ears wide open, and a heart that's wide open to understand more about who we are in you, who you are in us. Give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, the voice of our good shepherd who calls us by name and leads us out. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've got your Bible, I want you to open with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Let's start here in verse 9. Paul is writing this letter to this church. And he says in verse 9, Colossians 1 verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Notice again what he said, for this reason, since the day we heard it. What he's talking about, you'd have to back up a few verses to read it, but basically word got back to Paul through a fellow minister that the people here in this church and in this city love each other. They've put faith in Jesus and they have declared love for Paul in this ministry. And Paul said, since I heard about that, I do not cease to pray for you. This is a spirit led, spirit-inspired prayer that's coming up out of the heart of Paul. And God thought so much of this that he made it a part of his eternal written word. These these prayers are powerful. And the reason I bring this prayer up to you today, a couple of reasons, really. Number one, this prayer, what we are reading here in verse nine, has been my prayer, my wife Sarah and I. We have been praying these words for probably over a year now, over our own lives, over our family, and certainly over our ministry. But I bring it up for another reason. This is what we pray over you. Many of you watching this are our partners. We've got partners all over the world who have come alongside us in in support of this ministry. Their hearts resonate with the vision of this ministry to serve another generation with the Word of God, to teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace. And every time, every time partnership comes into this ministry, every time an envelope is opened or a contribution is made, or somebody says, hey, we're with you, we're believing God with you, that's somebody saying, hey, we love you. That's the love of God coming at us through our partners. And there is a response to that, and that is to pray. And that's what Paul's doing here. Now, I want you to notice again what he prays for his partners. Since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. 
That's the first part of this prayer, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is what I'm praying right now over my life, over our family, and over our ministry, to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. And it's what I'm praying and believing over you and your life today, that you would know what it's like to be, now listen to every word, filled with the knowledge of his will. See, sometimes I think we read over these scriptures and particularly ones that make big promises, ones that sound almost too big to comprehend. And we have a tendency just to read past them or read over them in an assumption that we get it, we have an idea of what it means. But, but pay careful attention to every word he said, because this is coming straight out of not just his heart, but the heart of God. God wants you filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, if, if something is filled, a cup or a vessel of some kind, if it is completely filled from the bottom to the top, then that means one thing. There's no room for anything else in it. If it's filled, then there's no room for anything else in there. It makes me think of this giant five-gallon jug that Sarah and I haul back and forth to the grocery store. We go to this one store that you can, you can fill up your jug and they got the, you know, the right kind of water and all that. And we do it once or twice a week and we fill this thing up and we drink it dry and it's bone dry and then we take it back and we fill it up and we fill it from the bottom to the top and by the time that five gallon jug is full then there is no room for anything else in there. Now I'm painting this picture because you and I are vessels that God wants filled. Amen? He wants you and I filled to the place where there's not room for anything else. When you are filled with the knowledge of the will of God for your life, do you realize that's where faith begins? Faith begins where the will of God is known. And if you're filled with the knowledge of his will, then you are full of faith and there's no room in you anymore for unbelief. There's no room in you for doubting. There's no room in you for questioning. Why? Because you're full of something. You are full of the knowledge of the will of God. He goes on that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. There's another one of those huge words. Don't just read over it. Think about it. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you about it. Filled not just with the knowledge of his will, but in all wisdom. And he said, in spiritual understanding. I want to talk to you about these three things. Being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom, and in all spiritual understanding. The knowledge of the will of God, just say for your life on an individual level, is the knowledge of what God wants to do with you, what God wants to do in you, and what God wants to do through you. That's the knowledge of the will of God. And, and take it from me, there is, for lack of a better word, no better feeling than being confident in your life. This is what God wants for me. This is the direction he wants me moving in. This is his plan and his assignment on my life. And to know that, to not wonder about it, to not question it, to not be confused over this direction or that, that is a good thing. That's called confidence. But there's a step beyond just knowing what God wants done. That's where all wisdom comes in. Being filled with the knowledge of his will is what he wants done. Now it's going to take wisdom to know how he wants it done. Can you see the difference? 
You want to know what God wants you to do with your life, but then there's another step. Okay, Lord, I'm filled with the knowledge of your will. I need some wisdom on how to walk this out. And this is what we're going to spend most of our time talking about today and over the next several broadcasts, the wisdom to walk out the plan of God for your life. And then, of course, he adds this to it. You are going to need some spiritual understanding. So you get filled with the knowledge of what God wants done. You've agreed to that, ready to take a step of faith towards the plan of God for your life. You're hungry for the wisdom of how to do it. But then it's going to take some spiritual understanding to know why. And when he said spiritual understanding, I believe it's because he wants you to know there's a big difference between understanding something spiritually and understanding something naturally. We'll talk more about this over the rest of this broadcast and like I said, in the weeks to come. But I want you to use this as part of our foundation right now. Yes, you need to know what God wants you to do. And yes, you need to know how God wants you to do it. But you notice here, the why comes last. See, there are many people who get a glimpse of what God wants them to do, but the first question they ask is why? Why? Why, God? Why? And it's like a little child, the the, the kid who gets stuck in that but why loop with mom and dad. They get instruction from mom and dad. Why? 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 But with God, he's okay with you knowing why, but not at the expense of your obedience. In other words, as long as you're not waiting on the answer to your question, why, before you're willing to obey, God will fill in that blank for you, but it will come in the right way and at the right time. Let's talk about this key element here where he said, being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. It's going to require the wisdom of God for you and I to walk out his plan and his will for for our lives. So the question we have to ask is, where is this wisdom? The book of Proverbs, we know, is full of the wisdom of God. And you get this command in Proverbs chapter 4, in all you're getting, get wisdom, get understanding. There's a phrase that's, I think, made popular in our culture, I'm going to get mine. And you've heard people say before, I'm going to get mine. And what are they saying? I mean, it could be anything. I'm going to get my recognition. I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get what's owed to me. Well, listen, in all you're getting, whatever is most important to you to get, what you need to do right now is elevate the wisdom of God to the top of your getting. In all you're getting, get wisdom. So if you're saying, I'm going to get mine, let it be. I'm going to get my wisdom from God. I'm going to get his understanding. Now with this simple command to get wisdom, this is good news because what that means is wisdom's available. That's good news to you. That's good news to me. God would not have told you to go get something that you couldn't get. He would not have told you to go find something that was impossible to find. Get wisdom means number one, you need it. And number two, it's available. So the question then becomes, where? Where do we go to get our wisdom? And we're going to spend some time in the book of Proverbs over these next several broadcasts. So look there with me. Proverbs, let's just begin in chapter one. We're looking for wisdom. If he wants us to get it, then we've got to know where to find it. In Proverbs chapter one, verse 20, listen to what it says about wisdom. It says, wisdom calls aloud 
outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out, the Bible says, in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. I want you to make special note of every place that wisdom can be found. Of every place that wisdom is not just present, but is present and loud. Did you notice that? Wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice. She cries out. But what's interesting to me about every one of these places is that there's nothing special about them. I mean, you want to know what's so special about where wisdom is standing and calling out to you? You want to know what's so special? Nothing. There's nothing sacred. There's nothing holy about any of these locations. There's no mention of the church. There's no mention of the temple. There's no mention of the sanctuary. Can you find wisdom there? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you and I should be going into church services with an expectation. I'm going to hear the wisdom of God today. But the good news for us is that's not the only place that wisdom is hanging out. And as a matter of fact, according to the word, where wisdom spends most of its time is where you and I spend most of our time. Notice this. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She raises her voice. Let me read this to you from another translation. This is from the Amplified Bible. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the markets. Again, these are just the places that you and I are already spending our lives. You get up in the morning, you get ready to go, and you are out the door. Where are you? You're in the street. You're going this way. You're coming that way. You are out there in the street. Now, here's the good news. So is wisdom. The wisdom of God is right out there where you are. The wisdom of God is on your way to work. The wisdom of God is on your way to school. The wisdom of God is in the street on your way to the meeting, on your way to the lunch, on your way to wherever it is you're going. The good news is wisdom is there on the way. Do you, do you notice this? She raises her voice in the markets. In the markets. This is where we live our lives. Now, I like the fact that it's plural here, markets. So I don't care if you're in the grocery store, the supermarket, or if you're in the stock market. Whatever market you're in, you know what? So is wisdom. Wisdom, the wisdom of God is in the street. The wisdom of God is in the markets. It's where you spend your life. There's wisdom for you as you shop in the grocery store. There's wisdom that would say, buy this, not that. There's wisdom that would say, eat this, not that. In whatever market you find yourself in, like I said, from the supermarket to the stock market, there is wisdom. Spend here, don't spend there. Buy, sell. The, all of this can be uh, instruction to you from God, and it's the voice of his wisdom. That's good news for us. Where is wisdom found? Wherever you are. Wherever you're living life, the wisdom of God is available to you there. I like this one in verse 21. Again, uh, Proverbs 1, 21 from the Amplified Bible. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places. Wisdom is not just in the streets, not, not just in the markets, but wisdom, according to the word, 
is in the intersections. So let me ask you this. What's an intersection and why is wisdom there? Well, you know what an intersection is. It's just a place where two paths cross. It's a place where two paths meet. An intersection is a place in the road where a choice must be made about the direction you're going in. Hold your place in Proverbs 1. Flip over a few pages to Proverbs chapter 8. You see this same idea in uh, verse 1. It says, does not wisdom cry out? There it is again. Wisdom is, is loud. And understanding, lift up her voice. Verse 2, she takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. The New Living Translation says, at the crossroads. At the crossroads. This is what I want to talk to you about today over the next several broadcasts. What to do at the crossroads. Because whether you realize it or not, you are coming up to intersections, crossroads, every day of your life. Some are significant crossroads where decisions need to be made. It's a small decision this way or that way. But there are other times when you arrive at a major intersection. And one of the reasons I'm saying this to you right now is because this is where I feel like I am. My wife and I, our ministry, I feel like the Lord over the last 10 years of our lives has been bringing us up to a place and now we're standing at a crossroads. And I don't even, even need a, a word of knowledge or some word of prophecy to be able to look into this camera and know that many people watching this right now, you're standing at a crossroads. You're standing at an intersection. You are at a place where a decision, a decision must be made. Now again, we stand there every single day. When Sarah and I were youth pastors, Years ago, lifetime ago, we used to talk to the teenagers all the time about standing at the crossroads of spirit and flesh. Nearly every day, if not more than one time a day, you and I will arrive at a place at a crossroads where we've got a decision to make. Do I yield to my spirit or do I yield to my flesh? And most of the time you arrive right there not even at your own choosing or by your own hands. Somebody grabbed you by the hand and with their words, with their actions, with their attitude, they brought you to the place, that crossroads of spirit and flesh. But whatever and however you got there, there you are. And a decision must be made. Now, here's the good news. At that intersection, wisdom's crying out. Wisdom is standing in the place where decisions need to be made. Now, when it comes to being filled with the knowledge of the will of God for your life, I'm so thankful to know that when we show up at this intersection, at these crossroads, we don't have to stand there in confusion. We don't have to wait there in bewilderment. God, what do you want? God, where do I go? Which way? Which way? All we have to do is listen to the voice of wisdom. When you're standing at the crossroad, so is wisdom. Now, here's what it said back to Proverbs chapter 1. Notice what it said about that intersection. In the Amplified Bible, verse 21, she cries, wisdom cries out at the head of the noisy intersection. This is what you need to know when you arrive at these decision times in your life. And especially if it's a major decision, you're standing at a major intersection. 
You know this to be true when you're out on the road driving. There are small intersections in small towns where you just come to a quick stop and then you move on your way. But then there are other major intersections where businesses and, and um, enterprises and people and schools and all these different things, they've come around this major intersection. Why? Because this is where the people are. You got people coming this way. You got people going that way. And real estate at these big intersections is expensive and it's crowded. And the scripture says that these intersections are noisy. Have you noticed that before? that when it's time to make a big decision, everybody in your life has got something to say about it. But notice in Proverbs 1 where we're reading who wisdom is crying out to. It says in verse 22, she's crying out, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Wisdom's crying out to the simple. Now, if you do a little study on this word simple, it's pretty interesting. Who is a simple one? Uh, some definitions say silly. Uh, other definitions say uh, uh, easily, easily fooled, easily seduced. One definition of this word simple is just open-minded. Now, that sounds strange to us because we're living in a culture right now that preaches Open-mindedness, you've got to be open-minded. We just all need to be open-minded to each other. We've got to all be open to this one's way of living and this one's opinion and this one's theology and this one's religion. Just be open, be open, be open. But that's not the command of the Word of God. You and I are not supposed to just be open to anyone and everyone. If you're going to be open-minded, let it be from this from this, the beginning of the Bible to the end, you can be wide open to whatever God has to say to you. But when it comes to everything else, you are not, and I am not to be just open to anything and everything. This scripture goes on, I'm running out of time, but listen to what it says at verse 23. Turn at my rebuke. I think that word there, turn, is pretty appropriate. When you come to an intersection and a decision, it's time to make a turn. You have a choice which way are you going to go. And I want to talk to you over the next several weeks about why people miss their turn. Because it's happening every day. And I tell you right now, one of the big reasons people miss their turn, they got bad directions. They got directions from somebody who told them to go this way when they should have gone that way. The book of Psalms is very clear about it. It instructs us, commands us to, do you remember what he said in Psalm 1? Let me read it to you before we wrap up this broadcast. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, pay attention to who you're open to. Because if you open yourself up to any voice and every voice there at the intersection, you'll be confused. You got people pulling on you to come this way. You got pressure going that way. But this is what the word of God says in Proverbs chapter four. My son, attend unto my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What's he saying? He's saying there are a lot of words you can be listening to. A lot of sayings that your ear could be inclined towards. But he said, my words are life and they are health to all your flesh. 
God's words, God's word are the only words that will minister life and health to you. The wisdom of God coming to you from his word. These are directions you can trust. Don't miss your turn standing at this intersection, whatever intersection you're at right now, maybe it's the intersection, not just spirit and flesh, maybe it's the intersection of good and bad, right and wrong, truth or lies. Maybe you're standing at the intersection of good and best. Lord, which way do I go? And it's a noisy intersection, I know. But if you will tune your ear, that's what the word inclined means, tune your ear to hear his voice, then you'll get good directions and you'll end up in the right place. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.